When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle call! Hey, What's up? Hello. Welcome to the show. Uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, good to have you. Subscribe to this channel. Like this video. If you're listening to the podcast, Mailbag will be making a return. So please uh, leave us reviews on iTunes. Five stars. Leave us a question in that question. Uh, maybe also add your favorite uh, place to watch a game, your favorite bar, that kind of favorite bar. That's what we've been doing, right? Favorite bar, yeah. Favorite bar. W- would you pay me uh, ten grand a podcast to uh, do something crazy? Somebody in the comments actually, do we have this? It says a hundred thousand dollars every time you guys, Brian, John. I'll give you a hundred k every time you start the stream early. There, yeah, there are some allegations on Twitter on uh, YouTube that we don't start the stream on time. Um. So uh, <laughs> well, here's here's always my pushback. Time is whose time? Yeah, we appreciate this, you guys being here. Yeah, one hundred percent. The the internet is not what we grew up on in television. We we are not Costanza's dad, where the TV guide tells us exactly what time the show was coming on, and you had the TV guide, and if you didn't get there at eight and you showed up at eight thirty, your show was over. Uh, the internet's an ever running operation, and uh, you know sometimes we just. You know, Haberman sets the time a little early, and then we end up talking. <laughs> well, yeah, we what here's what happens. We always intend to start on time. We appreciate people being there before we start. Just a little buildup is good. I don't mean anticipation buildup. I just mean having some. It feels better to start it when there's more people waiting. You know what I mean? But we also I want to respect people's time. And if we say it's a certain time, not show up 30 minutes after that time because people got things to do. So uh, hopefully it's a it's an okay situation for everybody. And uh, uh, you know. We, we we appreciate everybody uh, hanging. I was thinking today, like if we had like uh, kids or just a lot of other stuff going on in our life, we'd have to be much more efficient. It's like Kyle was watching Kyle. He's like, uh, they asked him about Tom Brady. He's <laughs> like, yeah, you know, before I was married and just didn't really have shit to do, I I would just go in Tampa Bay's facility. And I was like, shit, I'll just watch Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. <laughs> and he's like, it, it actually kind of made sense. He's like, that. those were the kind of the quarterback fundamentals. You know, I was a wide receiver, but he just, I'd just be in there late at night by myself. It's like, yeah, it was just kind of a – I can't basically say I could not do that now. Like, I couldn't just, like, on a random Tuesday in April be like, you know, I'm just going to go check out Joe Burrow's season, you know? You got to take, like, the kids to basketball practice or whatever. Yeah, and the beauty is this is also a podcast. You can watch it later. Sometimes I've noticed people will start the YouTube like an hour after as we're in it, but they'll be at the beginning and they'll leave a comment about something that happened, you know, sixty minutes ago. So, um, you know, that's always that's always key. Paul says, "Bet they start on time if a potential sponsor is watching." LOL. So, you know, real quick, we do two minutes here. Yeah, I'm Elliot. We've gotten this question a lot. 
uh, over the last month. And we haven't avoided it for any particular reason other than we've had a lot of other things to talk about and we try not to do three-hour shows. Um, but yeah, I'm Elliot says, where is the Tito's sponsor? Tito's was uh, the, the um, if those of you maybe have joined the show in the last month, Tito's, who just donated $20 million to Texas Athletics. Yo, Tito! <laughs> for, for, for what was it, like a football facility? Um, Tito's was our, our presenting sponsor through the football season, through the calendar, end of the calendar year. So our deal with Tito's ended on December 31st. And uh, I don't know what you want to say. Should we, 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 we could address this. We're happy yeah, to I mean, we just, supported it, which we really appreciate. I mean, I we supported it. We drink Tito's. We love Tito's. And the game plan is to have them continue to be involved moving forward. Uh, you know, we have continued to speak with them and talk with them. Nagant, I, I love this. Dialogue will continue. You often hear that before free agency comes up. We will have, I saw Brett Veet say this, we will be. We will have dialogue with their representation, yep. their re- representatives. So the dialogue is ongoing. Uh, we we love, believe, and uh, still swear by the brand. They were, uh, you know, it was a big deal to land them. And it's, when you came over on Friday, we were drinking Tito's at the house. So, oh yeah, you I got Tito's in your, your cup gi- right now. It's I finally it's already I finally had uh, your ginger beer. No, no drinking today at two thirty. You know, <laughs> just water. You finally had the ginger beer. The yeah, ham. Tito's is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. John says Ciroc from here on out. <laughs> Pop off. <laughs> Is Ciroc still going? It's a good question. I, I think Diddy feels like he kind of set the tone for every famous rich guy. Like, there's something here, guys, and this yeah. shit can taste like toilet water, but you just put yourself on a commercial and you will sell some bad boys. Yep. And now Ask uh, old Dwayne. Ca- Ca- Casamigos. Casamigos, that one's uh That one's good. I, I will that say that. That, that. that is legitimate tequila. Like if I drink tequila, yeah. I drink Casamigos. Like that I, I hear people order Casamigos, yes. Casamigos. Ciroc, I always felt like was just pop off the plastic bottle in a sweet bottle with Puff Daddy holding it. You know, again, it could be wrong. Uh for Tito's people. Well, yeah. you know, when they get back to the <laughs> unless, yeah, yeah, unless, yeah, unless, unless Casamigos wants to jump on board. <laughs> yeah. Uh Good time. No, but isn't the rock stuff supposed to be good? That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, he's yeah. hyping it up like it's the number one tequila, but I just don't necessarily believe him. Here's the other thing I don't understand. I guess it's like a you know a Heineken has been doing this whole year month month long zero. Or they've been doing it longer than a month, a few years now. They're like zero alcohol Heinekens. Are there people that love the taste of beer that much that don't want to don't want the alcohol? Well, dry January that just like I I, I played golf with a guy who was on the actually PGA tour who had a drinking problem and who's sober now and drinks. He was drinking. He just likes the, just it satisfies something. Yeah. I think there's an element of, you know, you know, if you have an addiction issue and you, you curb it, you know, it's like people with cigarettes, right. With the Nicorette, Nicorette gum. I think Mm -hmm. some of that. Yeah. Now to me, if you separate those people, that's very understandable. Are there people that like it? Like who in their right mind would drink decaf decaf coffee? I mean, every person over, you know, everybody that always came to my parents' house for dinner when I was a kid, like my grandparents would always, my parents, like, who wants some coffee afterwards? How about a hot drink? It was always like, how about a hot drink? Do you have okay, decaf? I, I, could, I could somewhat understand post-dinner drink if you're going to go to sleep, but decaf in the morning? No. Yeah. To me, it was always, in, my, in the Haberman house, it was always like, uh, anybody want a hot drink? It's like, I'll have some decaf. Like, I'll have some decaf. And then there's always someone like, I'd like a regular. But it was always the Haberman. Is, is the logic behind the coffee <clears throat> post-dinner to clear you out? 
or is it just could be i think it's just like a po- like a nice post we ate we had some dessert but it's something to hold and share and you know post keep, meal keep the combos flowing yeah yeah you want some cream with that uh, yeah 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 um my, uh, my best friend's wife drinks bush while pregnant <laughs> oh bush without alcohol like na bush all right um i didn't mean to do that i, I could never figure out so i smoke before and after dinner uh one other comment before we dive in was um i don't know where it went is there somebody asked is there going to be body language analysis from the 49ers press conference today yes yes there is you know us very well we are big body language guys we're big body language jack asked if steven ross was trying to bribe uh brian flores to throw games could he be forced out as an owner this as we're recording this the brian Flo- the news of brian flores's lawsuit just broke and one of the things in there, I think probably by the time you're listening to the podcast, people know this. But if you're watching the YouTube, is that Stephen Ross, Brian Flores alleges that Stephen Ross offered him $100,000 for every game he would lose leading up to the 2020 draft because he wanted to tank. And damn it, Brian Flores was too good at coaching football games, apparently. So he, he was essentially, Stephen Ross was offering him $100,000 a week until December 31st, because at the time there wasn't 17 weeks, to get Joe Burrow. I'm going to yeah. pay you to make sure we get Joe Burrow. Nothing, guy, nothing has aged better than that, right? Because even at the time, and I, I tweeted this out, I think during the first round of the playoffs, it's like they had an all-time, obviously before this story you know, came out, that they tanked that season. Remember, they traded everyone, they blew it up, they tried to lose, but they won three of their last five games. And I remember Jorge, uh, or George, George Sedano, who's a big Dolphins fan, like tweeted back at me because I said, what an all-time disaster. And he's like, well, and he's a big Dolphin guy. There was a lot of public pressure. Like, are you guys really just tanking? And they kind of gave in. And, and maybe Flores, like you said, is too good of a coach. But they won three of their last five games to go from one, because they were a lock to get the number one pick, to the fifth pick. And then they had a coin flip and they... Burrow. To choose between the two guys. Am I are you losing me? I am a little bit, yeah. How's that possible? Is that me or you? It's me, but I don't know. Oh. I'm plugged in. All right. Well, somebody <laughs> shots were fired at a local mall, maybe. Uh uh, that's a bar. Sorry, I should probably in context that joke is that's why Xfinity Internet was out the other day because somebody shot some bullets and hit some wires at a mall. Um Say say that part again. Uh, Joe Burrow. Yeah, I mean they would have because clearly I think when the season started they were gonna it was tank for Tua, tank for Tua, tank for Tua. Then the season plays out. It's clear Tua one he's injured, and two you just they lose seven straight to start the year. The Dolphins do. Yeah, but I'm saying when they were losing the games, I I do think it was like it was the closest thing we'd had since suck for luck. Like there was a legit saying tank for Tua. The Darnold one, there was a Darnold one, remember? Was there? I thought there was a Jets fan in the Darnold uniform. <laughs> it doesn't feel like But, I mean, there, there was a saying, you know, tank for Tua. Yeah. And then he gets hurts his t- hip, and then you're like, well, is he really? Was he even that good? No, I, I mean, listen, it's a little unfair to play that now. He was good, but he was small. And then Joe Burrow had one of the greatest seasons we've ever seen. And I think by the end of that season, it was like, Joe Burrow's going number one. But they fucked up, and the Bengals just naturally sucked. And then they chose the wrong player. And then the stories of the Twice. last couple of the last couple of years have been, 
he's kind of a major dick to Tua. Like, you know, he didn't want Tua. Maybe he did. It was hard. You know, it's one of those that no yeah. one really knows. Yeah. Uh, hundred grand a tank, though. I, I think everyone listening would be like, God, he fucked up there. He should have taken. Well, I saw somebody game. made a good point. They're like, hey, you can't trying to get a Belichick guy to lose on purpose. It's pretty hard to do because uh, Bill refused. Right. Bill could have tanked in in 20 for the 21 draft and refuse. Well, that would have been the thing to do. Right. Go get Trevor Lawrence. And he's out there trying to what? Win eight games. Seven. With, uh, Cam Newton. <laughs> so, I mean, it really would have been the move. Right. But. I guess it's just not. Uh, I just it's just it's not in them. No, it's not in them. So the other the other piece that's going that I thought was interesting from the allegations. Well, there are a lot of things. The like he has photos of every um, head coach and every GM in his. And obviously, as as of the moment, there's one white or one black coach. But he has the thing about the 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 Broncos. He says John Elway was late, and they looked like they'd been drinking the night before, which. Probably true. Uh, John Elway was always notorious at the combine for partying pretty hard. Oh, uh, you! I forgot about this. You, George Sedano. You mentioned George Sedano. Can I tell you a brief George Sedano story from you? This is like old, my old school radio life. I, I like George Sedano. Yeah, I, I like him too. So you know anybody that anyone that's listened to radio, especially more so like in the, I'd say you know anytime in the nineties and definitely the you know two thousand to like two thousand fifteen, where like you could hear a team was playing another team. It probably happens now. And you just get somebody from that local market to come on and talk about a game, right? Anybody like producers will schedule beat writers and radio analysts and other radio hosts from sister stations, whatever. Bill, Bill Williamson had that on lock for the Raiders for a long time. Bill Williams. Yeah. (laughs) And you'd get somebody from the other market and then their producer would ask you to come on their show, that type of thing. Right. So, uh, from like 2007 to 2000 and late 2012, I was doing radio on an ESPN affiliate in Fresno, California. Okay. Which for people who don't know is dead set middle of California. Fresno state is there. Jake Hainer, Guy Haberman, John Middlecoff, you know, we all went to school there. So I'm doing radio there and our producer, the, the Miami heat are like, this is the peak LeBron D Wade, right? That situation. So our producer of the afternoon show, which I was no longer on, calls, sends a DM, or maybe he has George Sedano's number and says, hey, will you come on and talk about the Miami Heat, right? And as you know, because you get it all the time, people constantly trying to book you on shows, and you just can't do it all. Especially, I can imagine, those guys in Miami were getting hit up a lot. So he says, I can't do it, but talk to this other guy. Here's his number. So the producer calls the guy, they book him, he comes on the show, the afternoon show, and uh, the host interviews the guy, and the guy just is, oh, Fresno this. I went through Fresno once, and Jerry Tarkanian, and oh, what an awesome place, and all this kind of stuff. And uh, they're having a good time on the radio. The interview ends. The guy reaches out and says, hey, can I get a copy of my interview? The producer sends it to him. Well, it turns out the guy was fake. He was not. He was like a catfish. He was not a real host. He was a made-up character that Levitard's show would like – send to others, you know, usually smaller areas, probably around the country, have them do radio hits, then have the guy say ridiculous things. Imagine him being like a Jimmy Kimmel character, right? And then they play it on the radio show. Yeah. Have the guy say things like, oh, doghouse grill, man. I love that place. Right. Just things that make local, just, just things that make people feel good. Kind of fucked up. And then they would play it back and laugh at it. And, um, that's what they did. Kind of genius. Kind of genius. Right. Because people are always asking and you don't know how to. 
and I just remember the producer, who's an awesome guy, felt rightfully so like, oh my god, I got I got hosed on this one, because uh, he did. Not the nicest thing to do, but but legitimately funny, you know. <laughs> legitimately. Part of comedy, though, you know, comedy like that is not going to be nice. I mean, what's that's his right. Name? Kimmel, what's Kimmel's little guy's name? I mean, it's you know, is or Biff was Letterman's guy. It's Biff was Letterman's like, yeah, it's fucking with you. I mean, it's yeah. kind of what the Nelk boys have taken it to another level with the their YouTube stuff. But it's just, that's just kind of what it is. At its it is an old school classic thing yeah. to do. Yeah. yeah, I would say anyway. it's somewhat's run its course. It's not as it's a little different now. Because you have to up the ante so high. Right. And it's harder to trick people now. That's the other thing. Right? It's yeah. Johnny Knoxville. With a dollar? Yeah, with anything. Like pretending yeah. to be somebody, knocking on the door. Hello, ma'am. I'm here from whatever. Uh, anyway, Guillermo. Is that what Guillermo, you think? Yeah. <laughs> like they sent him to the NBA Finals. But everyone you know? knows Guillermo. Like you're not tricking anybody but with By Guillermo. now, but I'd say early yeah. on, you know, it was a little bit now. You're right. But I'd say some Are of the guys like... like you send Guillermo to the NBA Finals. Not every player knows what the fuck's going on. Or like, how about like probably back in the day, any any like Daily Show uh, correspondent that would like set up a real interview with a real person, and then they're like, remember the man, sh- remember the man show with Kimmel and uh, Corolla? Yeah, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. All right, uh, so we watched a lot of. We got a few things to react to here because Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch had a uh, press conference today, and then Jimmy Garoppolo spoke, and. Um, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan were asked about Jimmy Garoppolo. Have you talked to him about where you're going to send him? Are you working with him? They said, yeah, you know, we haven't had a lot of time during the season. Uh, this is what Jimmy Garoppolo said. John's been very clear with it. Uh, you know, I think they're trying to do the best for me. I'm trying to do the best for them. And we're working together in that. Really haven't made too much progress on it, but I think things will start happening here pretty quickly. What do you think of that? Who wears the medium Travis Matthews better, me or Jimmy? Is it the same hoodie? The same John's well, he's, been very he's a Travis Matthews guy. I mean, how, his string. How's, so, how's he so dark? The the string on his hoodie is a little like yours is longer. You know, your well, string I'll, is. Pulled. I'll tell you why your, it's longer. Your neck is not as as thick. He's th- he's just thicker, so he just fills it out more. Yeah, looks good. Do you both? I mean, looks good on both of you. Could you play that one more time? I was just staring at his hoodie. Oh, John's been very clear with it. Uh, you know. I think they're trying to do the best for me. I'm trying to do the best for them. And we're working together in that. Really haven't made too much progress on it, but I think things will start happening here pretty quickly. So obviously he's got the surgery, week, a uh, month and a half, maybe less, but he's got a pretty good idea, right? He he had mentioned that he's going to meet with a specialist and the ideal hope is to avoid surgery. He, he, he had said that in, in this press conference. So now... You know, maybe Don Yee was already telling Rap Sheet that it's inevitable and he doesn't want to announce that I'm getting surgery if he doesn't have to. But one thing that was clear in his conversation, John and Kyle, like a coach and GM would, downplayed it. Not that he was going to return, but they they were not pounding the table that he's getting traded, right? And Jimmy came out just as honest as can be. Like, it's over, guys. It's over. We've already had communications. Never forget, he has a no-trade clause. Like they can't, they can't just trade him to the Texans. They can't just trade him anywhere. He does have a no trade clause. He does have power in this. But one thing that I do think that is powerful, and Barrows tweeted this out. He basically said, "In all my years of watching this, that's as honest as I've ever seen a player." And he basically gave credit to Kyle and John for, you know, when they came in, the distrust, the anger, the backstabbing, just the vibe 
was the opposite of that. And and listen, it starts with Jimmy, the character to handle this situation. But I do think the whole organization, and one thing that I think sometimes coaches lie about, like we're, we, we told him from the jump, we were honest from the jump, we called Jimmy when we made the trade. I, you and I, 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 I can speak for myself, I thought that was like, oh, okay, whatever. I do think they, looking back, like they were pretty transparent with him from the jump and this whole period of time. And it led to, I think, Jimmy staying in a good place all season. And now they're in a good spot, which sometimes these things can get messy. I I think it's kind of going to be Alex Smith to Washington. Remember when Andy traded him? Like they're, they're in a pretty good spot, which I think these relationships, it's hard to keep them in a good spot. Now it helps when you win playoff games and the season ended well for Jimmy. But, you know, it's a, it was a slippery slope to get to this point. But I'm just glad that Jimmy put the, you know, put it on the table. Like this fucking yeah. thing's over. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, if the Niners want to do what they want to do, they can they can do that. Um, now they can't do it before mid March. Mid, I think the end of the league year is when the no trade clause expires, right? Which is the middle of March. But I mean, you know, I, I would have a hard time no trade clause or no no trade clause seeing the Niners force something on him. You, wait, wait, wait. Because, you, you, you were saying when the new league year starts, his no trade clause is no longer in the contract in his, with his one year remaining? Correct. So correct. technically, the moment free agency starts, they could do whatever they wanted? Right. <coughs> I didn't know that. March 16th, they can do whatever they want. So he but, basically had a no trade clause up until the last year of his, you know, it's, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it may be the last year that, you know, a lot of times what the, the truly what's on paper with the contract is different than how everybody understands it'll play out because the reality is you don't play on the last year of a contract. Um, if you're a quarterback, I mean, you do, but well, it's, it's an odd. Yeah. You see Ziegler's quote. You yeah, know, I know. <laughs> so I shouldn't say that, but anyway, so, uh, but, but again, and I've maintained this the whole time when the no star, trade star, star, star quarterbacks don't. I, th- I think, you know, you could argue a guy, Jimmy's probably right on the fringe. It'll be interesting. I don't know. I'm, I'm fascinated to watch Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. I, but, but I just, to make this point about the no trade clause, and I made this point the whole time, it's like, because he does have a year on his contract, the team that is getting him is going to want to talk to him about what his contract needs to look like. Yeah. Very and if point. Jimmy, let's say the Niners, like, we're trading him to the Texans. Well, Technically, they can do that on March 17th, even if he says, I do not want to play for the Texans. But it's not in the Texans' best interest to take on Jimmy Garoppolo at whatever his contract's going to be worth next year, $27 million, whatever it goes up to, right? So he is going to have some power in this, even when he technically doesn't have some power in it, I would imagine. That's my guess. I think it's going to be a team effort. I, I think they're going to be on the same page. I think what they're going to do is kind of let Don Yee facilitate it. And mm. ultimately, they're going to have to say yes or no to the compensation. But I think it's going to be one of those letting him run it. And we just you have to just get us on the same page with the deal because of what you've meant. Like I think they really value. The one thing that came through with John and Kyle is they really value Jimmy Garoppolo, the person. And that, and, and we'll talk about it later, Like that's important. You know, I think Andy, when he traded Alex... Alex got a lot of money, if you remember. Do you remember when Alex was traded to the football team? They were the Redskins at the time. People were like, they just gave him $75 million? And they also traded like a second-round pick. There is a chance that whoever Jimmy is traded to... Wasn't there a player in that deal, too? Yeah, the cornerback. corner, and I think in a third-round pick. Maybe it was a second. I, I don't, But I just remember Alex getting a lot of money and people being floored. Now, Alex was a better player than Jimmy, 
But I, I do believe there's a chance that whenever the when it bre- breaking news, the 49ers have agreed in principle with X team, Jimmy Garoppolo will be traded for a fourth round pick or a third round pick, a conditional pick, whatever, and has signed an extent a two year extension for thirty eight million dollars. Like some people, are like what? That 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 is very possible. Yeah, we Kyle see it happen Fuller. every year. Kyle Fuller, good call. Yeah, it's because that's what you do with starting quarterbacks, I, right? I, I think I think it's I think it's his brother, the Fuller, the Fuller. Oh, it's not Kyle. Kyle was the Bears. That Kendall, was his brother, Kendall. Kendall Fuller. Kendall Fuller, and a third for Alex Smith. Fuller's dad had some pretty good, uh, pretty powerful sperm there. Yeah, no relation to Fuller from. Uh, Uh, I don't know any Fullers. No, the Fuller, uh, easy there, Fuller. Anyway, someone else will get it. Um, so a third round pick and Kendall Fuller. I, you know, a part of that, if you're the team acquiring Jimmy, the compensation is going to probably be a part of what you're willing to pay. In other words, if you hear from Don Yee, like, all right, it's going to take two years and $42 million. You're like, well, I'm not giving up a third round pick for that guy. Right. Yeah, I Home think alone. the I I think the Niners would gladly do like a thank you a fourth round pick and a Fuller and a Fuller, yeah. And you could argue that's a that's a lot. Um, I think the player becomes a lot. Well, remember I, when Alex went to Washington? Remember that before he got hurt? I think they were like six and two or seven and two. Like he was good. He he. It was like he had just maintained his solid play. Like, is Jimmy as good of a player as Alex was? You know, he's just, he's not. Alex was a little, at that point, less dependent on what was around him. He could just be an above average player. It can't really be argued that Jimmy does need some stuff around him. Like, he, he can't just go to the worst team and you go, we got our quarterback. He can help elevate us, right? Because Bre- Breer reported that the football team is going to be sniffing around everybody. And they think that they already have some core pieces with some talent, obviously, McLaren. Draft a guy, right? Maybe another wide receiver. I, I I think they make a lot of sense. You could argue Pittsburgh, Najee Harris. They already got a bunch of wide receivers. That might not be a terrible place. They are not going to try to lose, right? Alex was coming off a twenty-six touchdown, five interception season, best year of his career. Now he had Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Kareem Hunt. Do you have his two? Do you have the following? Like what he did until he got injured? Was he having a good statistical season in two? Uh, yeah, eighteen. He played eleven game or ten, ten games. He'd started was six and four, ten touchdowns, five interceptions. So he was not having the same year as you might imagine, but he still wasn't turning it over. Um, he wasn't throwing the ball downfield nearly as much as he had the year before. Understandably, in Kansas City, but yeah, it was going well. It was going well. You know, um, I think we'll the team would gladly trade if they know they can get ten and five and be six and four with Jimmy as their quarterback, right? Yeah, I mean, again, part of the question, and you brought this up. We've talked about this a lot. The, the acquiring team goes, we don't know if we're getting them for how many games we're getting them for. Alex right? is much more here's, durable. Here's what Jimmy would argue: it was like, well, I only missed one game this year, right? Half but, to he missed, a but half. you, but you know that it felt it felt very different than only missed one game, yeah, this year. So, you know, I think the teams... No, no, no. Are, no, he, he missed two. He missed two games this year? Well, because Trey Lance had two starts, Arizona and Texans. Butcherbox.com slash ham. 
and another special deal free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, Promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M. Save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I guess you're right. Because he had multiple injuries. He had the calf injury that knocked him out of a half. He missed, and the two, hand and injury. A, he missed two and a half games. Well, yeah, you don't count the half game. He started that game. That's the way yeah. they count these things. But you're right. Missed two well, starts. I'm saying Jimmy says that, but if I'm the team, it's like, well, you you missed. No, no, that's my point. It's like what it looks like if you look at the box score and how it felt over the, if you look at his season and how it felt are two different things, right? Yeah. You see, you see, because what you see is 15, you're like 15 starts. Sign up for that. I, I think the conversation in these meetings, and I've been <clears throat> not privy to the meeting with like the owner, head coach, like, are we doing this or not? Just the basic, like, let's just talk about the player with your couple pro scouts, your GM, and your personnel director. What are his biggest red flags? I would say his turnover prone just nature and his injuries are kind of equals. 
Because if he was just completely durable with some of his turnover prone, I, I think you would be cool with it. You'd be like, oh, I got this durable player. He never misses a game. But I think you can just not count on him. I, I, I give a third-round pick for a guy that I probably want to extend just so I have him under a more cap-friendly number. But it's like, if, if he's my starter for the next two years, am I getting 34 games? Do I feel confident that I'm getting 30 starts? I, no. I, 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 I don't think... Well, one thing I said last year before the draft, and I and I think I was not totally correct. I think I was partly correct, which was that the reason they were drafting Trey Lance, they said was based on availability of Jimmy Garoppolo. And at the time, my take was, that sounds good. It sounds respectful of Jimmy, but that's not why you're doing this. You're doing this because you know you need a better quarterback to win, and you're going to need a better quarterback soon. With hindsight, I th- I don't think they were that wasn't totally made up because I don't think they would have done the deal two ones plus a one swap plus a third if they if Jimmy Garoppolo just played every game for the previous two years if he had just come off a full season so I think it was ultimately what they needed to do and what they wanted to do what they needed to do was to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo I think this organization needed to do that especially as their other young star players begin to come into a window where they need to get paid, it's clear they're going to need more from their quarterback. Um, And I think that if the Niners had just ended this season that they just played without a Trey Lance on their roster, it would feel like they were in a more helpless place than they actually are because they have Trey Lance on their roster, right? Like, how are they going to get a Trey Lance-level prospect this year? What would we be talking about? Well, can so you pull Tom Kyle Brady Shan- out of retirement? Kyle Shanahan can you, sees the can you trade for Aaron Rodgers? Are you mm-hmm. going to trade? Is is Questy going to send you Kirk Cousins? Like, what would we be talking about right yeah. now if Trey Lance wasn't on the roster? I think so we'd I've, be talking about that. It would like that's why I think Kyle watching his press conference was pretty optimistic. Just I think he's actually all things considered feeling pretty good about things um, because I think he's pretty excited for what comes next here with Trey. And I think just as someone who watches them, I I I would like having a first round pick this year would not sound more fun to me right now than having Trey Lance on the roster. Well, especially pick 29. <laughs> like, you're not getting Kenny Pickett at pick 29. The other thing, and we talked about this at the time, and listen, I am not. I have no clue if the guy's going to be good or not. He's physically gifted. I, he's got a, I think he's a major project, like most young quarterbacks are. He is way more – he would have been a top-five pick in this draft. And it, let's face it, without quarterback, he would have been the number one pick in this draft. Right or wrong, he just would have. Hell, he was the number three pick in a in a way more loaded draft. <laughs> and he went ahead of a guy named Justin Fields, who if Justin Fields was coming off Ohio State in this class, where's Justin Fields going? I got news for you. Numero uno. <laughs> so, hell, Mac Jones in this class is probably going top 10, coming off that Alabama season, right? He ain't lasting to 15. So, it just shows you that, you know, I, I don't, I'm not trying to give them extra credit, whether they factored in the bigger picture, they might have just been living like, we want this guy, we want to get up there, we like these prospects. It's The time is now, we don't want to lose anymore. Because they were much more in the moment, and they should have been, right? They had just gone 6-10, and 10. they had to focus on, we have a good team, it's about now, and we can keep Jimmy. That they were thinking like, this following year, what about these quarterbacks? And I also had a buddy that told me that like, is a college guy, he goes, even if you look at the next class, C.J. Stroud is an awesome player, right? I mean, smooth thrower. Bryce Young looks like a little skinnier Russell Wilson. Physically, they aren't what like Justin Fields 
and Trey Lance are. Like you look at Bryce, he just he's not physically what Russell is. And 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 CJ Stroud, which Kyle might have liked, even narrow though, hips, as my old scouting buddy would say. CJ Stroud, he's he is not an athlete. He's a thrower, right? He's a pocket quarterback. Yeah. Who's, who again is going to go one probably or two? So it's like you're just not going to be in that mix. It was think how lucky they had to get with Jimmy missing those six games. Like Nick Mullins led them to some losses, right? Like if Jimmy had played all sixteen of those games, even if they would have been interested in getting the Fields or a G- Trey Lance. Even if the season kind of got derailed, they're eight and eight probably at worst, right? They're remember the quarterback play against like the Eagles. Remember some of those games with Nick Mullins? It was like as bad as Jimmy was. I that 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 stretch did put it into perspective. Like God, it could be way worse. Uh, Excalibur on YouTube says narrow hips. Is that a filtering category on Tinder? Um, Who do you got narrow hipped? <laughs> CJ huh? or uh, Bryce? No, I when you said Bryce, I said as my old scouting buddy, you would say narrow hips. Um, I don't know if he even has narrow hips, but uh, yeah, it's, it it's crazy. Narrow hips, like in society, is a good thing. In football, it's like you love a kid. You see the ass on Kinlaw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you see? Ki- did you see the ass on Debo? Even they mentioned it today, right? Debo, they, without kind of saying it, Debo's built like a running back. What does that mean? He's fucking stout. He's thick. Uh, now I will say one little addendum to that Jimmy conversation, the whole draft thing. If they hadn't traded all those picks, I wouldn't have been shocked if they had taken Davis Mills like in the second round. But anyway, um, who knows? He would have made it to them in the third. We know that. I I do think he scared off a lot of people. Well, he, he had durability issues. So you're going to replace Jimmy with a guy. He had, at least in college, durability issues. Didn't his teammate, too, that went to the Jags, uh, the, the tackle walker, same thing? He had been hurt a bunch, right? He'd been hurt a lot, yeah. And still Wasn't there, was there a kid today that Schefter tweeted about from Washington that just opted out because he broke his wrist or something? Do you see that? I, okay, now, no. now don't even worry about it. This is okay. So. All right. So, all right, there's the Jimmy story. We'll, uh, un- unlike uh, speaking of college athletics, we won't receive any uh, penalties for failure to monitor. We'll keep an eye on that situation. The world will keep an eye on that situation. Uh, next up, John, let's uh, take a listen. We've left the question in here. To 49ers, a uh, fantastic reporter from The Athletic, Matt Barrows, during the 49ers press conference. I, I hate to blow my one question on a rumor, but there was a, a big one this morning from Boomer Esiason on his radio show. I'm sure you've heard it by now that you were contemplating going back to TV. Um, I was hoping that you could uh, address that. I thought he was talking to me. Uh, I was like, I've never been on TV. Yeah, I, I have not heard that, um, that rumor. Um, you know, from time to time, opportunities are presented, and uh, I can tell you and tell everyone that uh, that my commitment right now is to this organization. And uh, you know, I uh, we're just coming off a season, uh, but my commitment is to the 49ers, to the York family, to Kyle, and uh, you know, uh, standing up in front of that team yesterday and just. Uh, you know, get getting an opportunity to reflect on what we have, and I, I do think we have something special, and we're here to win championships, um, and we fell short of that. But I, I think both things can be true that uh, that's our standard, but you're also the the uh, the amount of pride and and uh, you know feel like it's a real blessing to be a part of this organization. So my commitment is right here, and uh, that's that's where I'll be. 
you had told me, but I when I had heard, I was listening in the shower. I was about to hop in the shower, so I just played their press conference. It was like the second question. So I didn't visually see Kyle shaking his head, doing the little jab. All I, And then I got out, and I just watched the answer from John, and I could see it on his face. But there, you could see John's face guy when he's being asked the question, like, what the fuck? He is stunned. And Kyle... You had mentioned this, but it when you watch it, you really realize he tries to like, you know, shatter the ice in the room, kind of. Yeah, I I think John well, Lynch was but, stunned but, with that question. Yes, and I don't. Uh, the goal is to not be caught off guard by anything when you do one of these press conferences. Um, you, I'll say this first: we both have a ton of respect for John Lynch. He's been on this podcast actually, and um, I don't. You know, he's clearly uncomfortable here. And he now you could argue he's just uncomfortable because I said that because I we're about to say that his body language here makes us think that there is truth to it. That's why I, I mentioned that we don't take lightly. We love body language detective work. We love it. Love it. I love it. John Boy's made a career out of lip reading, right? So I don't take too much glee in this, but we do love body language work. So I, the point is, I do this. We do this with respect for, for John Lynch. But his body language here, he is extremely uncomfortable. And it make his level of discomfort makes you think that there is truth, makes me think that there is truth to it. Well, it's easy to play conspiracy Bill Simmons here. Just just add it up. One of the biggest rumors going it's in just sports media, because it's the National Football League, is Amazon is prepared to give Troy Aikman a ton of money. And then you go, okay. Troy Aikman could go to Amazon for $30 million. Well, what does that mean? That means there's no one sitting in his seat. Well, who does Fox have you know, on their lineup? Not really anyone of that stature. Who used to work at Fox in the number two seat? John Lynch. Who, since he has left, resume would make him... I, I wouldn't say... I, I just think when you're a quarterback of that stature, not Troy Aikman's level of just fame, Dallas Cowboys quarterback, three championships, <laughs> different level. But since he left the number two chair, he's entered the Hall of Fame as a player, and he has been the general manager of a team that went to a Super Bowl and a team that played in front of 50 fucking million people on Fox. And he's worked with Kyle Shanahan, and he's worked with a team that I would say whenever the television schedule comes out, initially scheduled three or four primetime Fox games on top of just, obviously they have the NFC. He makes... A ton of sense. And then the other thing, I text a couple people today because I, I, I wasn't, I didn't even know they were going live, honestly. I, I I knew they were in the next couple days, but I didn't see the time or whatever. So I just got a text like, you just see John Lynch? I'm like, no. What did he say? Then a couple people forwarded me the, the, the comment. And my first reaction was, listen, I, I, I lasted in the NFL three years. It is such a grind. I can't even imagine the pressure on his level of just, Everyone answers to him. He has to put in the hours as all these other people, but he also has the stress. And then when he watches the games, he has no juice in terms of no juice to impact the game. That it had to be. I, I bet he'll say if he, I expect him to be done. It was the it was the most gratifying, but it was also just an it was an experience that I didn't even quite realize what I was getting into. Because I don't think he'd leave. He's already rich, right? I mean, he's he, he wouldn't leave necessarily for the money or whatever. But I I think he kind of came. He conquered. And, uh, you know, also think about 
Adam Peters and Joe Shane were the finalists for that job. Adam Peters clearly is going to be the... I mean, hell, you could argue he was like a number one or two candidate just on the market this year. I, I thought he has he has a better resume than Joe. Maybe I, the Giants wanted to go more with an East Coast guy. I don't know. But his resume is pretty fucking good for a guy that's 42 years old or 40 years old or however old, old Peters is. The guy's going to be a GM. And he's sitting here. And he's from here. I mean, he grew up in Danville. Went to UCLA. Like, he is a California. The, the, he was a 49er fan. Right? I mean, it's it's a pretty special thing. So, assuming him and Kyle have a close relationship, it's a pretty smooth transition for John. Uh, yeah. Provi- again, here's the other part of it. Have you checked Tony Romo's salary? He's making $17 million. You can make more in TV than you can as a GM. Now, if John Lynch stayed the Niners GM for the next 10 years, there'd be enough raises that you'd get up to... What, what, I mean, he did get an extension. What would you guess? I hate pocket... Uh, guessing, but. pocket watching. <laughs> when you when you guess he's making six seven million dollars right yeah, now, yeah, I, I think probably in the seven range. He was probably making close to what was he making when he took the job? Probably like three or four. Yeah. See, yeah, yeah. I mean, Bay Area prices, um, inflation. You know, I mean, it's just. I, I thought Kyle's reaction because you and I were debating: is this the first Kyle's heard of this story? Maybe it's the first he's heard of Boomer. I thought to me, Kyle's reaction was a guy who knows it's true. I, I agree, but is trying to cover. Like, oh man, you would, <laughs> you know, whatever. When, Kyle when said, you so. said, when you told me over the phone or went through text or talking before we hopped on that his reaction was he knew it was true, I didn't quite understand. Like, that that's as loose of a Kyle move as I've ever seen because he shook his head, like, no, I haven't heard. <laughs> play, play the start of that. Um, Boom, Rashias, and on his radio show, I'm sure you've heard it by now that you were contemplating going back to TV. Try not to laugh. Um, I was hoping that you could uh, address that. I thought he was talking to me. Uh, I was like, I've never been and then he drops that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have not heard that. Um, that rumor. Is Kyle looking um, at his? Is Kyle looking at his phone right now? Is somebody texting Kyle right here at this portion? Heard that? Um, Might be. Guy, maybe rumor, this. Um, maybe there is a chance. You know, from time to time. That at this point in time, Kyle's pretty self-assured and, or whatever. It's pretty just not his phase. Like maybe Kyle doesn't know, but he just played it pretty cool there. Thought he was talking to me. There is a chance. You know, I uh, we're just coming off a season. John, John's uh, right. My commitment is to the 49ers, to the York family, to Kyle, and uh, you know, uh, standing up in front of that team yesterday and just. Somebody said, have a look at the rumor, but Kyle's there was, was a, off a big mic. one this morning from Boomer Esiason right on here. his radio show. I'm sure you've heard it by now that you were contemplating going back to TV. Um, I was hoping that you could uh, address that. I thought he was talking to me. Uh, oh, he says, I thought he was talking yeah. to me. That's what he says. I, I have not heard that. Doesn't um, he say someone offered rumor, him a job here? Um, you know, from time to time, opportunities are presented and. Uh, if from time to time opportunities are presented, and then his ankle itches suddenly. I can tell you. What is it? Oh, no, no, no. His ankle does. It's not that his ankle itches, John. He he moves his bottle of water. That's what he does here. Watch this. Talking to me. Uh, I was like, I've never been on TV. Yeah. He reaches, he's got a bottle I, of water I have on not the floor. I heard that. Um, that and he moves it um, for some reason. You know, from time to time, opportunities are presented. Bottle of water, move it. I can tell you. Move it. And tell everyone that uh, that my commitment right now is to Holding this organization. It. And uh, you know, I uh, we're just coming off a season. Well, here, here's uh, the thing, but guy. My commitment is to the 49ers, to the York family, to Kyle. And uh, yeah, you can talk. I lowered it here. You can talk over. Yeah, it. I mean, it, it's he is not 
when you get a guy like this who turns out to be like clearly his value to the 49ers was incredibly high is that he didn't need this you know like Kyle at this point in time so rich he doesn't need it either but this Kyle's even said like I'm good at one thing it's coaching football like John's done other things he played football he then was a, he then did TV he's called games like he just he does not have to do this and I, I think the grind that goes on especially when you have you know listen to that Belichick book the drive in Bill before they won that Super Bowl was just obsessive like he does have a young guy who has just not got to the mountaintop yet and every waking moment until he figures it out whether that's next year whether that's three years whether that's that drive of just for kyle you're talking about yeah so yeah. it's like his pedal to the metal is not going to be like you know this year we could just kind of instead of going 80 down the freeway let's just cruise like 66. <laughs> i also yeah. think don't you no you're right you're saying kyle is not i think kyle now he's going to take two weeks off go play catch with you know, hopefully nothing happens in, in Cabo. The Rams don't add some other free agent. The key for him is to go right now before Sean McVay's down in Cabo. But um, who did you say the other day he'd meet in Cabo? Uh, who? Oh, Brady? I don't know. Anyway, um, I thought you made a Shanahan and Cabo joke. But I, I, like I said earlier, I think Kyle is very fired up for like climbing the mountain again trying to do it again because i think what happens when you're close sometimes it can go two ways for people getting really close to something you can think oh my god that was so hard i got to go through that again or you think i was so close i'm gonna get closer the next time how many times when you're shooting a shot from like you know over the house or you're playing a video game you're like one more time one more time and then it's six more times because you're you feel like you're close and that's kind of Kyle. Kyle's like, one more time, I'll, I'll put the controller down. Last time, if I die again, I'll quit. And then you get killed in the video game and you keep going. And that's Kyle. Like, Kyle's really excited. The other thing is, I think games are fun for Kyle. He gets to call the plays. I don't think games are fun for John. I think they're really stressful for him, probably. How many times have you seen a shot of John Lynch on TV during an honor game? It's pretty helpless up there in the booth wearing a suit. Sucks. I don't think... I would guess he doesn't... He loves... Like after the game, when it's he loves the game in hindsight, right? <laughs> but I bet it's pretty stressful for a guy that used to play the game to just watch this team. Yeah, I just think he, you know, ultimately his goal, I'm sure, was to be a GM and win a ring, and they got damn close. But I do think he can leave, you know, like pretty fucking successful. Yeah, you know, having drafted and getting credit, whether it was like he was pounding the table or not, he was the general manager of a team that made all these moves with all these sweet players that are on the squad, right? So he, and like you said before we hopped on here, his value now to Fox is much greater than it was when he was on, and he, and he was solid, right? Mm -hmm. Just like Steve Kerr, when I, I always thought Steve Kerr was a little overrated. as Like, he was fine. And I, I think Lynch was I thought he was. I thought he was, like, plus, plus. I thought he was pretty good. I, I, you know, I on think... On TV. Yeah, I mean, I just don't like him and John. To me, they just lean a little positive. I, I guess I like a guy that would be a little more negative. And because I actually think they have some similarities. But I think if you bring them both back, like Steve now, obviously has won championships and coach, like would be so valuable that he'd be the number one free agent in the history of broadcasters for, for basketball. I wouldn't say John is that, but his value is just way higher. And I do think yeah. the Adam Peters thing, like you have a guy that like I can set Kyle up, assuming that those guys are close and that was what would happen, but you would think like they're pretty closely aligned, right? Because the other thing you see, the shots are 
John is always with Adam. You know, and I do think sometimes, like from the Belichick, just the stories around, like he doesn't teach anybody. And I've read a lot about Joe Shane, the Giants guy. He said one thing Brandon Bean really did for me the last several years is include me. Because if you're not included in these things, it's hard to really know what's going on. Besides, like I can just sit in my office and watch players and get ready for the draft. But when I get included in trainer meetings, included in salary cap meetings, like I think it's pretty fair to say that Adam Peters has been included, maybe from the jump, but definitely the last, you know, once they started winning, like has been like pretty tight at the hip with John. So he's yeah. pretty equipped to just, it's such a smooth transition. McTray says, uh, I think Lynch wants to win a Super Bowl. Well, of course he does. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. Um, be interesting. If he were to leave, it would not. I mean, you would stay through the draft, right? If if that is what would happen. Yeah, it's like maybe Fox do, doesn't need you till the season. It's like, maybe I'm do a Devo contract. <laughs> do, do you think he, because I saw someone in the chat said, well, which if they had the choice, Sean Payton or John Lynch, which would it be a little bit of a risk for a guy that's never done TV to put him in the number one chair with Joe Buck? Yeah, well, and the risk would be that Sean would leave again in a year or two, right? I think the, the thing that John Lynch would have is, um, you know, f- first of all, him and Burkhart were so good together because Burkhart is just, Burkhart's really good. Um, and I, I've talked to Burkhart about him. I think you've talked to Burkhart before too. Like, they, people love John Lynch loved working with John Lynch. I'm sure Joe Buck would love to work with John Lynch. It would just be an easy, like, you know, it's one of those tie goes to the better guy. <laughs> now, I don't know if it's a tie. And I think Sean Payton would be a bigger star. Like if you said John Lynch is taking over number one crew, Sean Payton's taking over number one crew. I think Sean Payton's a, a bigger star and no one's heard him before. So that'd be part of it. He's like, God, what's Sean Payton going to be like? Um, but I think Sean Payton would bring the risk of having to replace him again in you know, a short amount of time. Yeah. We think they've had fire had, Romo, save $7 million and pay Lynch 10. So you would, you would say that Fox has had pretty special stability with those two guys, right? It's hard to get bigger in. It's hard to get bigger than Cowboys quarterback, right? Like there's no, if I said Aikman's leaving, what do you, who do you get? Like who would be your list? Dak. <laughs> Cooper cups, dad. Yeah. Um, Kellen Moore. He's finally leaving the Cowboys. Jason Garrett. Be- <laughs> They'd be like, Jason Garrett, it's going to work. Like, oh. <laughs> what if it did? Uh, Greg Olson, people in the chat, Greg Olson. Yeah, Greg Olson's very good as well. Steven Jones is like, I'll just fill in the chair until you need someone else. <laughs> just the back, whoever they're, but Cooper Rush. Thanks. What if Cooper Rush was just like, Cooper Rush gets the job and everyone's like, Cooper Rush, this guy's unbelievable. What if it was uh, Cooper Cup's dad? Who played? I already said that joke three thirty seconds ago. Oh, you did. <laughs> That's funny. I missed things you said. That was a good joke. Somebody that made a good comment good. earlier about the Jags got the number one pick, and I saw it. I'm like, what are they talking about? Must have been a response to something you said. Jags got the number one pick. When Jimmy G, Jimmy G to Fox, that would, would they work. Ta- would they take Jimmy G right away if he wanted? I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. It's like a Fox. Uh, the rating. 38 million people watched, 37 million of them women. I think Jimmy would actually be pretty good because Jimmy is very, I think he comes off pretty relatable. I think, I think, yeah. Jimmy's got a bright future ahead of him, no matter what he does. John, this show was brought to you in part by 
betterhelp.com slash ham pod. Betterhelp.com slash ham pod is online therapy. You get cars tuned up. You get the rest of your body checked out. You get your computer fixed. You get your AC unit checked before the big heat wave comes. Why not maintain your mind? You get annual checkups for anything else. So here's the way you maintain. You go to betterhelp.com slash ham pod. It's customized online therapy that helps with video. Okay. You can do phone. You can do live chat sessions with a therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to, although that option is definitely there. And it's much more affordable than in-person therapy. You can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. 100%. I saw someone in the chat say, Marshawn Lynch to fill in for Aikman. Well, what did Marshawn Lynch say? Take care of your mentals. And uh, we know, especially these last couple of years, keeping your mental health straight is a big deal. And there's no better place to, you know, going to therapy is like all of these. It's routine maintenance for your mental and emotional wellness to prevent bigger issues from starting. So BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even chat live sessions, like I said, with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera. It's more affordable than in-person therapy. You can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. BetterHelp.com slash ham pod that's betterhelp.com slash ham pod this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. uh listeners get 10 percent off their first month at betterhelp.com slash ham pod don't just take it from us go to the website go to betterhelp.com slash ham pod testimonials are posted on the site daily so you can read from actual patients anything you share is confidential it's convenient it's professional it's affordable from whatever you might be going through uh grief anger, family conflicts, self-esteem. Uh, we all have them and BetterHelp can help with all of those situations. So betterhelp.com slash ham pod. You get 10% off your first month if you're one of our listeners and go to that website. So dot com slash ham pod. I, I saw this in the chat and I, I actually completely agree, though I don't think he would do it because he's clearly a pretty private guy. If Jimmy Garoppolo was the bachelor... Like if he retired at like thirty four and just was on The Bachelor, I think it would do historic ratings. Because if you think about it, I'd watch. It would, you'd watch. It, it would do a double whammy. All the girls yeah. would naturally watch because it's the number one rated show, I think, in primetime television, and it would draw guys in that never actually would watch. Be genius. I mean, they go the quarterback route before, right? Jesse Palmer, uh, Jordan Rogers. They've done that before. And you'd say Jimmy's on a completely different level than those two guys, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Not, I mean, th those guys, I'm not talking looks. They're both good-looking dudes. I'm just saying from a fame standpoint. Yeah. Rogers, Rogers was pretty big just because he kind of coattailed his brother. But uh, If Mark Sanchez can get a TV gig, Jimmy is a lock if he wants it. I, for, all right, three things on that. One, Mark Sanchez is pretty good on TV, I think. Two, never really he, listened. I, I think Mark Sanchez does a good job. I think he's like one of the better analysts on TV pretty quickly. Kind of, to me, Greg Olson-ish. And also just like has some Romo qualities in that he's not afraid to just kind of be, just be himself. He's kind of a fun guy naturally, right? Yeah. Two, he was the coach of the, uh, coach, he was the quarterback of the Jets for back-to-back -back AFC championship games and USC. So let's not act like Mark Sanchez is so like, you know, oh, Mark, Mark Sanchez can do it. <laughs> like, no, nah, I mean, Mark Sanchez is a big star. Let's not forget. Let's not forget Mark Sanchez is a star. You remember when Pete told him to not to go pro? Yeah, I think Pete admitted he was wrong about that. Yeah. <laughs>
He went fifth overall. Not that you could argue after that point in time, right? Uh, okay, a few Trey Lance things we wanted to uh, go through here, John, from what was said during the um, Niners press conference. Uh, let me make sure I've got kind of the order here. Here's I, I'm not sure what order these are in, John, so let's just play some things said about Trey Lance and react to them. Here we go. We were three and five. That was kind of the breaking point where I, I knew it was getting close. Um, I know everyone else thought it was there, um, which, but I agreed it was getting close to there. Um, but once we won that game and went to four and five and ended up winning four in a row, um, I thought we had a chance. And okay, so remember the Niners were three and five. The fifth loss was their loss to Colt McCoy and the Cardinals. They played the Rams the next week in prime time and won. So what Kyle's saying is, I know everyone thought the time was to put Trey Lance in at three and five, and I know we were getting close. If the Niners had, instead of beating the Cardinal or the Rams to get to four and five, lost and were three and six, is Kyle saying he would have started Jimmy against the Jags week eleven? What he was saying, I'm I was close. I maybe it wasn't the Jags game, but it was he was getting starts at the end of the season. I can just say this, as someone that's in the uh, Niners content business. I'm glad the way it played out <laughs> because a uh, seven and 10 season with some Trey starts would not have been as sweet as what we just took in. So I was critical of the way he was handling it. Like a lot of people were back then. Now I've pivoted weeks ago. He made the right decision and you know, it, it shows you how, cause you texted me the other day. You said that if, if Tarted caught the ball and the Niners win Stafford's, you know, the goat in a bad way, right? If Kyle, if the a couple balls bounce the wrong way and they don't win that Rams game, and let's say instead of making a comeback, they end up losing thirty to seventeen or something, it wouldn't have felt the same. The whole Jimmy vibe, I'd say, even Jimmy had come so far and quieted so much of the Trey hype that by the time he made that play at the end of the game, I don't feel like a lot of people even like blame Jimmy. <laughs> You know, I think that everyone came to grips with kind of what Jimmy was and like appreciated what he brought to the table down the stretch. I think also partly because if even if that ball, let's say, is a, it, like if he doesn't try and get rid of it, then there's like what a fourth and twenty five is coming up to save the season, which you know it's been made before, right? But I think that's if that was first down, I think it would. I think there'd be a lot more anger. It it would have like it was about to be fourth and twenty two, right? And he, and he was running for his life. Yeah, yeah. So, but now, I, 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 the other thing I think we can come to grips with too is the big games down the stretch. I think the Tennessee game and all three playoff games, and the Rams' final uh, playoff or the you know essentially was a playoff game. I, I just I know they lost the Titans game, but I, I just don't see how Trey, given what we saw with the Texans, that, that I think he just he would have been overwhelmed. It would have been too much for him. Yeah. Uh, maybe I don't write off completely that he would, maybe he, this is where I think it's, you know, everything's black and white. You won the game or you lost the game. Like to your point on Stafford, still you're either the guy that won or you're the guy that lost. There's no in between. Uh, who knows what happened? Maybe they lose to the Vikings, but they beat the Seahawks. You know, I, who knows what happens, but I do think it's interesting for Kyle to say, I know everybody was talking about it. And yes, I was thinking it too, right? He was aware of the conversation going on outside and you don't have to be you don't have to be listening to every podcast to know like it's pretty obvious what's going on um by the way the questions that are being asked to you if nothing else but i think what's interesting is if they had lost to the rams instead of beating the rams they would have been then what three and six right well that that is now decision time because you're playing the jags 
So if you play Jimmy against the Jags, you do win that game, right? You're winning that game. So then yeah. you're four and six. So then you're not replacing him against the Vikings. You wouldn't play him against the Jags only to play Trey Lance the next week against the Vikings. So they probably had to lose another game after the Rams game. That'd be my guess. Uh, based on what he's saying, it's but, hard. It's hard to tell if he's injured and playing shitty. I mean, maybe he. You know, you start getting four and six, you just get a little desperate. It, you're not as. It's it's much easier to operate when you're five and five, right, or six and five, or five and six. But to me, once you get several games under five hundred in November, I, I I think you can throw a curveball. It would have been understandable. Four and six against the Vikings. I I I think you could have justified it there. But but what sense would it make then to play him against the Jags, right? Well, because it was an easy landing spot. They were terrible. No, no. Well, what sense would it make to play Jimmy? It would like to me. That's the spot you play, Trey. Yeah, you don't I play think... Jimmy against the Jags if you're going to replace Jimmy the next week against Minnesota. Yeah, I think if it's flip flopped and they get their ass kicked against the Rams, I think he's starting right. against the Jags. Now, yeah. when I'm saying that Trey couldn't have handled those games, I'm talking about one off situations. Who knows how it goes? Like you said, if you get game in, game out, game in, game out, game in, game out, right, and keep improving. I'm talking about just specifically Trey started against the Rams. Trey started against the Packers just with his right. two starts. Like, yeah, yeah I, you, you should naturally, when you're talented, right, think about all the players on the Niners, beside like Bosa, who just immediately was great. Kittle got better and better. Debo, better and better. Ayuk, better and better. Like, it's just, it should be a natural progression for talented players. Most guys are not like Trent Williams and Bosa, like, yeah, just here to be an all-pro, <laughs> right? And that's, and I would say quarterback probably more than most because... I was thinking about this underrated part, and this is what's so hard, I think, to be a young quarterback is like, because most of the guys beside Mac, well, really, the other three guys beside Mac, because Trey doesn't fall under this, are kind of got shit on this year. Like, do these suck? I mean, I think every single market, Jags doesn't really have a market, but definitely the Jets and the Bears, there have been several talk radio and podcast conversations of like, are we sure this guy's good? And then I think people loosely have done that with Trevor Lawrence. You are just, I'd say your first year, just listen to like Peyton and Brady talk, just trying to like get your bearings, right? Like what's the offense? Who am I playing with? Every single week is like a new coordinator, new looks. Like it's just a lot going on. Yeah. And luckily to me, they really, really benefit from this transition. The Trey got two starts. I think two is a lot different than fucking none. He got two weeks where he got to prepare all week to be a starter. And one was a really good team at the time. I mean, they were like the best team in football. And the Texans, to me, just having the chance to get a second start late in the season, beggars can't be choosers. That that was big. Mm -hmm. I and, also think the Andy was struggling in that game, and then kind of got to flip it, right? Yeah, and also the experience early in the year where Kyle was thinking about, you know, putting Trey in, and then realized he couldn't find places for him. I I bet that experience benefits Kyle when it comes to finding a backup quarterback. Agreed. Trying to figure out who his backup's going to be. Like, is Nate Sudfeld going to be Trey Lance's backup? I mean, maybe he is. It's hard. You don't. It's hard. You don't get to like. You know, you're picking from a small pot, right? When it comes to backup quarterbacks, but I, I, I do. I do, th I do think you would like a guy with some experience that you could pay two, three million dollars. Well, like, you know, would be ideal, but he's Mar not going to be available to you. As, yeah, Mariota. Yeah, but he's just going to be too expensive. Nick Foles, you know, someone like that. Someone in that falls mold. very different stylistically, right? Not mobile. Trubisky got three million dollars to be Josh Allen's backup. Tyler Bray. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's listen to another clip here. Um, this question was a question asked to Kyle. I think Kawakami asked this question about what he learned 
about um, Trey Lance. This is just part of that answer. The good person, the good human that we thought. He has the work ethic we thought. He's as smart as we thought. Um, he's got a natural um, charisma to him that I believe is a leader. And he's kind of the baby on the team this year, just in terms of his age and stuff like that. Um, but he has a presence to him that people will gravitate to when uh, he has that position. So, you know, I look, one of the things Kyle said was it was harder last year to evaluate, get to know people because you're just not spending as much time with them due to COVID as you would in a normal year. You're not sitting down with them uh, as much as you normally would be able to flying them in for workouts, all that kind of thing, sitting down with them while they're working, you know, after the workout, spend a day, whatever. And um, I think that's important because it it speaks to and John Lynch mentioned it during the press conference, the core of what they are. And even Lynch said, we're not looking for choir boys. But we are looking for toughness, competitive character, uh, you know, leadership character, all those types of things. I think it's unknown if he will live up to what they traded for him and where they drafted to him, where they drafted him. But I think it's going to be really hard for Trey Lance to just fail. I think it's extremely unlikely that he fails. And the reason I think that is one, that stuff right there, right? Once upon a time, the Patriots, Michael Lombardi got a special project from Bill Belichick, and it was find us a quarterback to draft, and let's pick between Jimmy Garoppolo and Johnny Manziel. They made the right pick. It's such a core of quarterbacking. Like, are you that guy that Trey Lance clearly is? You're saying that w- that part of the book, those their two options to pick a quarterback that year were going to be those two guys? That's who they were deciding between. They wanted a little more Josh McDaniels. They wanted a little more mobility. Wow. And that that's who they were choosing between. So, like, I think that combination of who the guy is paired with his physical traits and Kyle Shanahan's offensive ability. I think it's, I think it's, you know, I'm not saying he's going to carry them offensively year one. I am not saying that, but I'm saying it's going to be really hard for him not to be a net positive for the team. I think it's, you know, is he going to be a franchise quarterback top tier? Who knows? I don't think Trey Lance can fail for them. Yeah. I mean, I, I just say on the character stuff, there have been a lot. I mean, the league is full of great humans. A lot of them make good coaches that, you know, don't have the talent. Now, physically, we know he has the gifts, right? The size, the arm strength. There are just specific things with playing quarterback, right? Accuracy and touch. That is just something that, like, has to improve, right? I mean, that's just something that he has to improve on. Now, I'm with you. You put Kyle, he has a great offensive coach with great teammates around him, and we know he's going to work hard. That stuff, I, I would say, again, it goes back to this guy. I'm not comparing. I, I, I The chances that he's 90% of this guy are slim to none. Hell, if he's 75% of this guy, they got a fucking player. But I think Josh is a good example who fit all those. Josh check. Allen. Yeah, great guy, hard worker, did everything these guys ask. In the offseason, goes right to Jordan Palmer, spends all of his offseason – in LA working on his run game on the, fu- on the fundamentals. So yeah, run B. So uh, now, but see now everyone has home theaters. You just get out and pee and press pause that uh, I, I, I do think that is improvable. And I've heard a lot of, I think Mike Lombardi is a guy, a good example of someone that was in the NFL for a long time. I heard him say over the last couple months that like, that is one thing that when I got in the league in the eighties, the nineties, early two thousands, it was a, it was a deal breaker. 
inaccurate guys. And I'm not saying Trey is inaccurate on Josh's level, but I you watched him play, some balls kind of going all over the place. It is an improvable thing. And I think part of it, they benefit from the time, right? It, the, 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 the timing of 2022 in the NFL. <laughs> Windows are a little bigger. It's just, it's a little different game. And uh, it's a little closer to seven on seven than the Aikman Young Montana days when you had broken backs and fucking concussions. So it's just, he does have specific things though that are just like, because I do believe that they're going to get him in position to learn football, to understand defenses. The offense is is very quarterback friendly. Uh, clearly, you know the IQ stuff that the Colts valued. What was it last year that he was him and one oh other the guy blue the blue it was like a blue check or something. Was it him and Mac Jones or him and one other guy? No, it was him and a Pat player, him. huh? Oh, Devontae yeah, Smith. It? Yeah, Devontae Smith, who's you know plus character. So. You bet on those guys, but again, again, I'm not trying to be negative, Nancy. They're just like it's like baseball. Like you got to learn to hit the curve, right? You yeah. Gotta hit, like yeah. there is just going to be something that for him to be, because ultimately, like you said, if he's just uh, the if we're just like, well, he's the 12th best quarterback. Like there, there are hoping for. You don't need to be top four guy, but can you just be like he's a top seven eight guy? Like Stafford, I, he's not a top five guy, but he's damn sure like the Rams feel like they got a top guy. He's right. not a top. He's not a tier one guy, but he is in that category where where you can a quarterback can make up for whatever mistake a coach made, or a quarterback can fix it on the field. He can to me, fix to, it. To on me, the field. that's what they're looking for. I think everything else would be gravy. Yeah. Like ultimately, I think Sean McDermott would tell you, we didn't think he was going to be this good, but we did believe in him. Unlike everyone on the outside, that he could be a really good player. Yeah. Right. So ideally, you just get a player, and this is where the character stuff comes in. They exceed your expectation because they just refuse to stop working. Well, the character stuff matched with the physical ability. Let's talk about that. I'm going to take a couple weeks off and then go down um, to Southern California, uh, work with um, some guys throwing the ball, um, You know, isolate on that, just just throwing motion, working on that all the time, which I'd say 80% of the quarterbacks in this league do that. All right. And then he said, he and then he caught himself there. He didn't want to give it up, huh? Yeah. Why didn't want to say who he's going to go work with? Maybe he didn't want everyone fucking going to the guy. John Beck's like, I get my phone blows up every time you say my name, Kyle. What would they have done if he would have said the name, right? Everyone would be attacking that guy for <laughs> to go watch. But everyone will know the second the Trey posts on Instagram. I know. Uh, and then Kyle also added, and then we'll get him back up here, go through the playbooks, some X and O's, and footwork. So Kyle is very hands on, you know, when it comes to the footwork aspect. We've talked about Trey's throwing motion before. Um, I thought in his second start, it looked a little quicker than his first start, although it feels like, God, it'd be hard to do in the season. Uh, but this is, to your point, a big part of it as well, continuing to do the stuff, which again, Tom Brady, all these guys, Tom Brady, we reworked his throwing motion during his career. Like all these guys do this stuff, um, but it's not so much maintenance at this point as it is maybe, you know. Try. He really, I guess, hasn't had like an off-season work on it, then work with Kyle. Then, you know, it was very exciting. It was 40 days last year that he got between OTAs and then come back for the fall, right? Wasn't it 40? Yeah. I do think it's going to be fascinating because it's. you're right. It's inevitable that the moment they start throwing, it's somewhere, and it gets out relatively fast. I am interested to see who he, that's with. I, I do just wonder if it's if if it is Josh Allen and, and Jordan Palmer. I do think that's going to be fascinating because he is going to be comped like the project, like Josh Allen. Even though they're different projects, but 
some similarities. And definitely what Kyle specifically said there, the throwing motion. Uh, now, as people tweeted at me during the season, like, Josh still throws it, got a little loopy. You just, when he plays, you don't notice it at all. <laughs> right? Josh Allen's ball gets, I mean, Trey, you know, uh, again, spirals are not the way you judge whether a quarterback can throw or not, right? Pay- Peyton Manning didn't throw a spiral. Peyton didn't throw a spiral. Uh, sometimes Rivers. you'll see a replay. Yeah, sometimes you'll see a replay, and it's like, but see, non-spirals seem to be a trademark of guys without great arm strength. Would you agree with that? Uh, I'd have to think about that. Yeah, yeah, it feels like Stafford throws spirals. Mahomes throws spirals. Allen's, I, I've never seen a wobbly Allen ball. I mean, his ball looks thinner. K- K- Kyler, I mean, it's just, whew. yeah, you're right. So not many, mar- not many Marino highlights of wobbly balls, <laughs> but the, but the, sometimes just aren't the high, the highlight isn't the wobbly throw. You know, I mean, I thought Trey has a very good arm. I think it will be interesting when we get a full season to really kind of think of evaluate what we think, like how his arm plays, right? The, uh, the Matt Damon line from uh, oceans 11, the nose plays like, how does the arm really play? We didn't have a lot of time, but it's clear. I mean, again, I'm ne- we're just talking here. It's clearly more than good enough. Um, but, uh, I don't know. It's interesting. It'll be it'll be interesting to see what it comes back looking like. You know, he had some passes batted down early, which we thought were just a result of maybe a defensive uh, defenses knowing that he was you know t- having the time because of his throwing motion to get their arms up. But you know, o- over a seventeen game season, then you really get to evaluate one game with five passes being knocked down can be fluky. Yeah. You know, so it, it wasn't an issue. I mean, it, they were playing the Texans. The second time around, right? Yeah, yeah. And it it was JJ Watt, who's one of the greatest pass blockers in the history of the league. That's true. That's I think true. he knocked he knocked down several. He just, but part of it is, don't you need time to learn how to throw around NFL players? Like all of that stuff might take care of it. that. Like might take care of itself once he just gets a feel for the rhythm of an NFL game. You know. I mean, we have a long time to talk about this, but just. Now that it is just because, I mean, not that it wasn't clear from the moment they drafted him. The buildup and the lead up to this guy, just the whole thing being built around him, like the pressure is pretty immense. So we talk about the player, the character. There is just unquantifiable, like what's it really like when every single day for OTAs, training camp, like you're the guy. Like I just, it's just, this is the, this is hard. You know, it's the NFL. It's, you go through adversity even when you play well. Like, you lose. You just fuck ask Josh Allen. He just lost a playoff game where he's like, I had the greatest game of my life. Like, it's just, shit's hard. It's why the Ryan, did you see the Ryan Poles comment about from the Bears that we're going to win the North and never give it back? I did see that comment, in, yeah. In, in what world, one, when you're a young, unproven, it's your first job, do you ever say something like that? And I started thinking, like, obviously Belichick's the extreme of say nothing, you know, being around Coach Reed and now just watching Kyle really closely, and, and I just feel like I watch Sean McVay pretty closely too. You do the opposite, and I think they do the opposite not because they're even trying to bullshit you, because they know how easy it is to get fucked on the other side. Like you just a bad bounce, a, a screwed up play, uh, whatever. And there is just there's going to be elements of Trey where it's not inconceivable. You just like you depend on the matchups, maybe start on the road and you have a rough opening game and then you have a good second game, but you're own two and people are like you're own two. What are they going to do? You know, it's just, it's football. I, you know, the Colts ask the Colts. They've started like one and four the last two years. 
I think it's also like, why put a target on your back when, um, and this is more of a uh, uh, Ryan Poles comment than it is a Trey Lance comment, but Trey Lance is like Trey Lance is a good example, actually. Trey's not going to do anything that puts a target on his back. Just like Garoppolo isn't going to do anything that puts a target on his back. Just like Shanahan's not going to do anything that puts a target on his back, right? For sure. At least players, like you're on the field, you're the one that has to answer for your comment, right? Like you have to play the game. General managers, uh, it doesn't make any sense. I actually, it's funny you bring that up because I think there's something going on right now where I think maybe it's a result of inexperienced coaches and GMs getting jobs, like guys who've never been head coaches before, whose resumes are like, okay, not obvious resumes. Like Kyle's resume was an obvious resume. Nathaniel Hackett, Ryan Poles, these are not obvious resumes necessarily, right? And there's so many people getting hired. And I think part of what happened, a lot of these guys were talking about like Uberflus. I mean, yeah, a lot of these guys are talking about like Bears Nation and Bronco Nation. And I understand why you do it. And look, John and Kyle, who are, who are guys that have a lot of security, they talk about the faithful too. Like a lot of teams do it. Are, are they told to do that by the PR? No, guy, they're think? not. Well, I, the John and Kyle are not. Kyle said it because Kyle believed it. But I think it's come that kind of when you're kind of insecure, when people maybe you're hearing don't think you're qualified for the job, you try to just pander a little bit to them and go, I, I know what you guys are out to do. I'm here to learn the fight song. It's a very college thing. And it's kind of weird because we're seeing it in the NFL a lot. And it's kind of weird to me to see it in the NFL as much as I feel like we're seeing it. In college, I get it. Because in college, you know, the boosters are a big part of the whole operation. In the NFL, this whole like, I'm here to Bears Nation. I'm here for you. To me, is weird. It's collegiate. It's not NFL. It's not pro. And it's it, it makes me wonder, like, I don't want somebody thinking who's thinking like that all the time, who's worried about what the external opinion is all the time. And I, I think it's I, to me, I, I it's you want guys like I'm sure people tell them, like, hey, don't forget to shout out the fans. Like, OK, that's a reasonable thing to do. But I don't know, man, I, I, I'm I would, that, I, co- that comment was I, I was um I woke up this morning. I just just woke up and I couldn't go back to bed right away. So you know, unhealthy. Grabbed my phone and I just clicked on the athletic app. And I was like, I'll read something. And I read the. You know, they must have hired like a newspaper columnist who's like an old. You know, he just knows what he's doing. Like they're Kawakami in Chicago and just wrote an article on what he witnessed at the press conference and was kind of blown away. One by the polls comment, like who's saying that? And Uberflus, he thought was just kind of full of bullshit. Like just saying classic cliches and just mm. looked a little like both guys were like, Are we sure? And back to Trey Lance, like that's what Justin Fields has to deal with. Like I, I the one thing I thought, like just seeing some clips of those guys is like that's Justin Fields caretakers. Where even if John Lynch heads to Fox, like he's got Kyle. And he's got really the the teammates around him. Debo, Trent Williams. Brandon Ayuk now, Fred Warner, Nick Bosa. Like he, they just have an infrastructure that you feel like, honestly, I kind of feel bad for some of these younger quarterbacks. You know, with Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. Like, it's just, what are we doing? And this is where Trey Lance, he won't even know this yet. How could he? How lucky he is to get drafted number three. Most teams drafting number three don't play in the NFC Championship, right? Most teams, like when they got Patrick Mahomes, don't have a playoff team ready to roll with Andy Reid as our coach at 12 or whatever. And there are certain guys that get lucky. Like, ultimately, Brady's story, 
you know, I, it probably still pisses him off, but the best thing that ever happened to him is he went to fucking Bill Belichick. Joe Montana got drafted by Bill Walsh. It's really, really hard to overcome. You know, like, I, I would say there's a decent chance that Ryan Poles and Uberflus make it like three years. And there's a decent chance in three years we're like, Justin Fields sucks. And it's like, you know, maybe he would have. And I think a lot of people that, like, didn't like him in the draft will be validated. And there's just a decent chance that maybe it was never going to be, like, a Mahomes or an Allen. But there's no way that he couldn't have been decent if he just would have got – if Belichick would have got his hands on him with Josh, right? Or if, you know – I'm trying to think of just teams with – you know, if, if McVay would have got Justin Fields instead of Matt Stafford, like, the, the best would have come. Because I remember Lewis used to always be adamant at this, and I'll never forget it, like – Trent Williams, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, like certain players. Like Jalen Ramsey is kind of playing an individual sport. He's just covering guys. He can dominate. Like you throw it at him, even though he had a funny tweet today. Like the go to the greatest quarterback of all time, last touchdown pass was on me. Yeah, with a laughy emoji. But like Aaron Donald, Trent Williams. If I put Aaron Donald or Trent Williams at 24 years old on the Jags, they're going to dominate. They're going to dominate. But quarterbacks, I'm dependent on all other 10 guys on my offense. I'm then dependent on my coaches helping me understand what's going on on all 11 guys on the defense. And then I'm predicated on the guys that they've drafted and signed around me, right? And then on top of that, the play caller who's dialing the plays. And I, you just, Trey Lance was very, very lucky because there were guys really beside Mac, the other four, the other four guys drafted, you know, he's one of the four. You would say the Jets, you would bet against that situation. Obviously, the Jags is a royal disaster. And I think Ryan Poles and Uberflus doesn't exactly – even if Ryan Poles is solid, like you are so dependent on your coach, Uberflus could just be completely over his head. Well, there – yeah, I mean, he's Someone not – wrote that his, he doesn't that coach, his speech sounded exactly like Joe Judge's opening speech. Like oh, word I got to go word. back and – Here's the thing. He doesn't coach the quarterback. So, you know, Luke Getzey. The OC, the uh, quarterback coach from the um, Jets. No, I think it was the Packers. Packers. Packers yeah. Sorry, but you know, do you have his wiki open? Luke, Luke Getzey. I would guess that guy's pretty young. He's thirty-seven. PA guy though. From What's his like? Where was he Mon- before the Packers? Munhall, Pennsylvania, was actually on the Niners in two thousand seven practice squad as a player. Wow, off-season well, and/or practice squad. Played at Pitt and Akron. Uh, his resume, John, he was the uh, Packers, 19. He joined the Packers. He'd been at Mississippi State as an OC and wide receiver coach in 18. Was with the Packers before that on, on the staff. Quality control Packers. Western Michigan, 13. Indiana. Indiana. Why does it say Indiana PA? Is that different? Oh, yeah. Different than Indiana. This is, oh, IUP. Remember, it used to be IUPUI. That Indiana team. Uh, not Indiana Hoosiers, offensive coordinator, Pitt, West Virginia, Wesleyan, Akron, grad assistant. So, so he's only been a, he's only been a coordinator one year at Mississippi state. Other than that, he's been a position coach, uh, was also the offensive coordinator at IUPUI in 11 and 12, which in fairness, I bet he'd say like those were valuable reps for me. Just division two. Yeah. Division two football. Now his quarterback and wide receiver look like, Hey, we're Middlecoff, but still, like, do, do, do you do you agree or believe that if I say, hey, this guy's now the offensive coordinator for the 49ers, hypothetically, 
He'd have been an offensive coordinator one other year at a power five, and he hadn't called plays since he was calling plays at UC Davis 12 years ago. Like, are those reps valuable, or is it like it's pretty different coaching with little guys? I mean, I think it's valuable just in terms of like what you learned, you know, about how your heart beats the second you have to call your first play. Like, maybe, you know, like that, that might be a little bit valuable. There is a play clock, there is a rhythm that you just have done before, right? Yeah. So maybe that. But um, beyond that, I'm not. You know, I remember, don't know. remember when we schemed this little pass rusher? He was from Modesto. He was at Weber State. God, he had a little get off. I, I thought he'd get a look in the NFL, but no one even gave him a tryout. He was yeah. He was the best player in our conference for two years running. Nobody understands. Yeah, five eleven, two five D tackle. Do you know what it was like to cover Ramsey's Barden? In Barton? fairness, he shattered Jerry Rice's name? records. Shattered Jerry Rice's records. Was it Ramsey? Was it Barton or Barden? Barden. That was an argument I famously heard when I got hired with the Eagles was that the guy arguing for Ramsey's who actually brought me in, Patch, was like people are crushing his speed, and Patch pounds the table. He goes, I guess you just don't want a wide receiver that shattered all Jerry Rice's records. And then he like puts his head down because he realized everyone hates him. <laughs> what a line. What's I mean, it, if you're going to pull out the Jerry Rice card. Yeah, to me, when you're arguing a guy that everyone doesn't like, if you have one of those... Like you're you, I guess you just don't like a guy that broke Earl Campbell's school record. You know, you just you drop something like that. It just, it's just like your final line. You know. Uh, all right. One of the things that's getting discussed today is should Mike McDaniel uh, take? Remember Josh McDaniels, Mike McDaniel. Maybe that's why Mark Davis said Josh McDaniel. Maybe he had Mike McDaniel on the brand. Actually, you made that joke yesterday. Give you credit. We sure he knows the name. Uh, but one of the discussions is should Mike McDaniel take should Mike McDaniel take the Dolphins job is one of the things being discussed. We know D'Amico Ryan's uh, with an S isn't going anywhere. And the question now then turns to will Kyle Shanahan have to replace his offensive coordinator or quotes. But the good news is he doesn't have to play, replace his DC. Yeah, I mean, clearly Mike McDaniel, who's been with the guy for, I mean, forever, right? Basically, Kyle's entire important career when he became a position coach to 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 today the present is important and i think kyle would be the first to tell you that whatever he does it's impo- it's impossible to quantify what guys do on a staff that don't call the plays right but clearly like i i've just been there seen it like their whiteboards like you know they he gets whatever he's in charge of the run game the run scheme kyle Uzcheck has told us like his ability he's an ivy league guy clearly the guy's brilliant can I interrupt just to make one point before you yeah. say the but? Shanahan said in his press conference on Tuesday when asked again about, I think it might have been Biederman asked him, now that you've had another day to think about the fourth down and two punt, do you think any differently? And he talked about how the problem was that it was two and a half yards, that it was went from second and one to third and two to fourth and two and a half, but that before the, th- I think it was either before the second down or before the third down play, he actually said into the headset, guys, if it's like fourth and an inch or two, we're going to go for it. What do we like here? So part of what was happening in Kyle Shanahan's headset was Mike McDaniel, maybe Bobby Slowick. Guys were talking in his headset about what play they would like on fourth and one. So to your point, the decisions that get made, I, I, you know, I, I don't know that Kyle Shanahan asked a lot. We don't know. I always get the impression Kyle does what he wants when it comes to play calling. But sorry, just an example of kind of what happened. I would actually, I I wonder if it's maybe a little more collaborative than we think, just because he's been with Mike. Why wouldn't he? I mean, he's been with Mike from day one. But 
ultimately the run game, it is his run game, right? I mean, it's his it's his family scheme. Mike McDaniel, even if Kyle would tell you it's the best system I'm ever going to have, and let's just say that's true, it's just much easier to replace someone on offense than it would be for him on defense because they would literally need a new defensive coordinator, right? They need a new guy to call the place. And it is the most valuable thing about having Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay or, yeah, I saw Nate, Nathaniel Hackett said he's going to call plays. That was the other thing. Uberflu said he's not going to call defense. No. Like, <laughs> so uh, I, I think that losing D'Amico Ryan would have been much, I, I think it would have been a huge question. I, I, I would have been, I think everyone would have been like, what the hell is he going to do? Is he going to elevate James, you know, Belcher, the dude that had coached for Arians and just move him up. He'd also been a, he's been a defensive coordinator, several stops. Would he go in the Zimmer, Wink Martindale, kind of that crew? Vic doesn't make as much sense because he runs a three, four and it's pretty clear, like what they do with their front. Like they're not running a three, four, but like McDaniel again, blow, but you don't lose a play caller. Yeah. Is he going to be the next? It kind of feels like he's a decent chance he's the next head coach of the Miami Dolphins. So his second interview, there's some discussion. His second interview is, Kyle said, Thursday with Miami. Now, there's, I mean, Miami needs to hire a head coach. they got some other things to deal with. I, you know, if you're Mike McDaniel, I'm not being funny. One of the questions you ask in your interview is like, guys, are you going to ever tell me to t- tank? Right? What What is my level of power here? And I do wonder, here's the thing. What if you're like, hey. 250 grand a game. I'm in. <laughs> Maybe you put that in the contract? Yeah, two, 250 a game. And I would say anything in December is 500 grand a game because that's really when we, you know, get it in. Yeah, no, a, a week, I guess what would it be now? A week 18 loss is worth a lot because it's hard to lose week 18 if you're playing a team that's also trying to lose. Yeah, and no, I got a lot of players that know they're going to be free agents. They're giving their all. I'm going to have to call shitty plays. Week 18 is worth a million dollars any team below you in the standings also that should you should get extra like if we got to lose to the jets you know that's hard losing to the jags that's hard to lose to the jags you got to really try you know harbaugh got all those bonuses this year for making the playoffs and beating ohio state if i get the number one overall pick that is a year's salary that value alone if if it's going to end up with a quarterback Oh, like like an auto, like a rolling contract, like, like an auto kick. Added. You know, like if I win the national championship yeah. as a head coach, like three million dollar bonus, like boom, yeah, six million bucks. At this point, it feels like a major win for Kyle. If after the year they had, he comes back with both of those guys. And one thing you do know, it feels like you are the clock is ticking on D'Amico, right? Like if D'Amico Ryan's is the DC in two in twenty twenty three, I mean, how much would you bet against that right now? Quite a bit, right? It feels because this team's going to have more money on defense now this year once they trade Jimmy Garoppolo. Feels like minimum three interviews next year and several second interviews for D'Amico, right? Well, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be like Sala, where it's like, you know, six teams want to talk to him. He's declining interviews because he just can do whatever he wants. Yeah, it's going to be a lot. Here's the other thing. Unless like a Getzy or something like resurrects Fields or Trevor Lawrence, like that that offensive coordinator could shoot up fast. Yeah, coaching quarterbacks. But like coaching defenses, guys are still getting hired that coach defense. Like at the end of the day, I would always lean offensive play caller, right? Quarterback coach, because that's the most valuable guy to my team. But I'm not hiring a lesser coach than a defensive coach if I think the defensive coach is the best guy for the job. Like, you still Agreed. have to hire the best head coach. So, uh, but it's a huge win. I mean, D'Amico declining the interview for the Vikings job 
a second time. Now it's so, not sometime, like he sometimes, didn't turn down so, the offer. Yeah, sometimes. Right. I, I, listen, in, in fairness to just the whole process, a lot of times when a guy declines, he knows he's not getting the Could, job. Sure. And Questy, they had worked together. Maybe he tells them like, "Hey, man, we're. I think my owner might force Harbaugh on me." Who's interviewing on National Signing Day? Now it's part two, and they've. I read that they already he's signed already signed all his players. Class. Still weird. Still pretty weird. It does. It does. If you're like Michigan, Harbaugh, you're like. Come on. It feels like he's doing a little fu to them, right? It does. Yeah. And uh, I thought Harbaugh was above it, but clearly he's not. Unless he takes a job, then he really wants to leave. Well, it feels like he wants to leave. Even if he doesn't take the job, it's going to be weird there, I think. Yeah. At Michigan. I think it'll be weird at Michigan if Jim Harbaugh's back. So basically, Kyle Shanahan's going to go into year six and only had you know had two defensive coordinators that are both going to be head coach. That's pretty impressive, right? It is. As an but yeah, yeah. Because he handpicked coach. hired him. Both. It's one thing if you're a defensive coach and then your guys get jobs because your defense is so good, right? Yeah. Like or Pete your, Carroll. Or, or, or your offense. You get a or like Pete Carroll's OCs don't get jobs. Pete Carroll's defensive guys got jobs. Pete Carroll's well, offensive I you, coordinator. I think you need to preface it. Russell Wilson's OC. Russell, though. well, we've done that video before. We did that topic already. Yeah. That's true. Because he's, he's, he's the only one of the star quarterbacks that doesn't produce jobs for guys. It is kind of crazy. Andre says, Sala will be back if we can keep Ryan's for two more years. I would agree. If if Ryan's doesn't get a job next year and goes three years, Saul is probably on the market year three. And who knows? Sean Payton, right? You said, you told me this, and you're dead right. Every head coach that is just not going to win next year is on notice. And any head coach with a, a big pocket owner is definitely on notice that's not winning. And when I say not winning, that, that could be 7-10. and 10. I mean, there's a chance... Robert Sala goes five wins next year. You don't think that Johnson, if like, especially if Zach shows a couple signs, I'll just hire Sean Payton. You want to come work with Zach Wilson, be the head coach of the New York Jets, resurrect him. Well, the Texans coach won't be on notice. The Jags coach won't be on notice. Sean Payton ain't taking that job. No. Those guys are safe from Sean Payton. But I I would say that wouldn't you say the Jets and Sean Payton, like, couldn't you see that like them being interested next year? If like, all of a sudden, Robert Sala's like two and eight, and they're just like, God, oh, they're not going anywhere, and this yeah. is not working out. But it's like yep. you know, they really like the guy, they want it to work out, but the 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 games are terrible. That's that's to me what it feels like it's going to be. They're a four win team next year. It's like we love this guy, but God, our team sucks. It she says, uh, hopefully Sala makes it. He seems like a good dude. Agree. Oh, yeah, we're all rooting for him. Yeah, I mean he's part of the brotherhood. You know, well, replacing LaFleur Lef- also, I guess if Solid does make it to year three and their offense sucks, LaFleur could be like, he's get fired. Well, he could, yeah. I mean, he, would he come back to the Niners? Or would he does go work feel for like his brother, his maybe? brother's losing a ton of guys. Yeah. Would go, his, the Packers are losing a ton of guys. Um, Tom Brady has officially retired, John. That happened uh, early uh, uh, Tuesday morning in the Pacific time zone. Schefter, I thought your Schefter tweet, was that Randy Travis? I, just I typed, told you so. I, I, I just typed into YouTube. I told you so. And that first came up. I don't think my singing there is going to get us flagged for a copyright. Did, uh, the did, did Brady and his 17 Instagram posts credit Schefter in Darlington or no? As first reported by. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jimmy Traney had a good take. He was like, uh, his theory was Kyle, uh, Kyle, Tom wanted to announce it in his final man in the mirror. Uh, ESPN plus man in the arena. Uh, ESPN plus and that that's how the scoop it happened is because it was ESPN, you know, somehow knew maybe they had somebody on the production crew, whatever. 
That's how Schefter found out. As you said from the beginning, Darlington was right about Tom to Tampa. Tom did not thank New England until, until he did a retweet of a statement. Like, love you guys too. Um, that caught my that actually did catch my attention because it's out of spite, right? It's out of spite that he doesn't thank New England in his statement. Do you, you think, think so? I, again, I saw something on Twitter. I don't know if it's true or not that he's going to do a you know the he's going to do the one or ten day contract or whatever New England officially retires. Is that true? Th- well, I I saw Portnoy thought it was true, and then he thought he got lied to. So who knows? Seems why would he not? Th- you saying he's thanking only Tampa because his thank you to New England is going to be so big and heartfelt? That's interesting well then. Theory. Well, New England then tweeted something and he quoted it. You know, so it was like, is that all he's going to do? I also well, it, saw. I I don't know. I, I I'm torn on it. I. It's definitely a conscious effort, but does he have to? Didn't he already thank them two years ago? He doesn't have to do anything. I just, if he doesn't do anything for them, or if he does, either way, this is not accidental. Now, maybe it's because he's going to do a grander farewell. But if he does nothing else, because he, he, he was going like paragraph by paragraph, he's like, "Oh, the trainers with the bucks. Oh, the the, the, the food the guys. Oh, Jason Light, my best friend. Oh. Where's the next page? <laughs> where's the next page? Um, if he didn't thank them out of spite, it's a good lesson that." Uh, if you do something out of spite, you are going to some degree also be injuring yourself. That means if he didn't thank the Patriots out of spite, he went out as a buck with that uniform and that big ass ugly well, logo on the well, side go, of his he's helmet. He's going out without a buck no matter what. Well, I know, but like to go out and I get it, you know, it kind of feels like at the end, Peyton was a Bronco, not a Colt. He never left. He go he goes all their home games. A little different though. I think a little different. I get it. I would understand it from Tom's standpoint, but it is, it is different. The Buccaneers were the, are the Buccaneers. Did you read his IG post? Did you read his IG post after seeing the reaction or did you read it first? Would just kind of like, cause I was scrolling through before I saw the reaction. I was like, waiting to be like, you know, I, I can't thank Bill Belichick enough. And, Jules and Slater and just the core every I can't I don't have enough room to name all the guys and Josh and all the coaches and Charlie Weiss starting my career and it never came and I, I, I was like that's a little weird and then I then I started seeing people reacting like whoa this is a little something I saw the post before I saw the reaction and I wanted the same thing now is there is there like I, I'm looking for right now maybe there's a big Patriots thing he did when he left the Patriots. Maybe there's a big IG post where he thanked all those people. Um, but uh, I would say that yeah. in 2022, you'd have to ar- you just argue like no one cares about that anymore. Like that's over. You just have to redo it. You got to redo it. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Partly because I don't think he would have had to do it if if it had just been like the one page post. Like I'm retiring from Tampa Bay. Thanks for everything. God. But he just kept going. Now, Jason Light is a Patriot guy, but when he was like, Jason Light, a true friend for life or something, I was like, what is he? Is he? Is this like, is he throwing jabs at people right now? The point was also made that the photo he used was a photo of a Bucks game in New England against the Patriots. I, well, the greats are a little spiteful, right? Yeah, he hasn't lost that. I mean, Jordan. At least, I mean, Peyton was cut. Like, they cut him. He did hit free agency. Now, Bill didn't really want him back. <laughs> well, here's another thing. Bill screwed up. Like, that's mean? another. Tom might have left even if Bill wanted him back. But Bill messed up. Bill could have won another Super Bowl. Now, nah. that Bucks team was pretty stacked. He, he Bill Belichick went to the playoffs with Mac Jones. 
Yeah, th- this team could have competed with Brady. Nah. They were so bad on the, 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 the Allen score. They, they, they never stopped him. Look, I, it's nothing to guarantee. I'm just saying Bill ended up with a year of Cam Newton and a year of Mac Jones instead of two years of Tom Brady. And he would have had, I'm not guaranteeing a Super Bowl, but he would have had a shot. Yeah, he would have had a shot. I agree there. What do you get out of it? Can, I, oh, I just, oh, oh, two tight ends. Cool. Well, was you remember the story also was like Belichick didn't make it over to Kraft's house? Like, called, yeah, it was called. Called him the next day or something. It was Bill's just listen. I'm not good at breaking up or you know, kind of hell. My goodbyes are. T- I'm a bad at goodbyes. Maybe, Bill's yeah. just bad at goodbyes. But Bill was ready for a goodbye. I think the argument would be like you said, it didn't have to be a goodbye. But I think Bill's nature, in fairness, 43 year old quarterback. I think it was time. Now he didn't have. It would have been one thing if Jimmy or Mac were on the roster. He did not have. I mean, he ended up that season with fucking Cam Newton. Now I. I actually think it's going to age pretty well. He went seven and nine with a quarterback that couldn't throw. It, it'll age well, but no one. It's not. But the problem with it, eight, no one's going to remember the year. It's an irrelevant year. Why? You're right. It Tom, was a reflection. Tom, Tom won the Super Bowl. No, because it was a seven and nine season. Yeah, with cares? Who couldn't throw. I agree. I agree. It was led the, le- uh, led the league in opt outs. Maybe he did text Tom, just the wrong Tom. Uh, <laughs> Tom House, who then forwarded uh, to Brady. Tom Dimitrov. <laughs> he hasn't resurfaced. No, he hasn't resurfaced. And you know who, who also we're waiting on a resurface for is uh, uh, Joe Brady. I uh, saw interviewing today for someone I saw today. Like like Mario Cristobal or something? No, he was interviewing NFL team. Pretty sure that already had an offensive coordinator. They said like for a position coach. So it's like he's already fallen a rung. What, one thing that I had read on Joe Brady is because when Ed Ogeron got fired, I just I do end up occasionally on some message boards when there's a big story. I, I kind of like to dive into like what is the what's oh, that's where the real saying? action happens. Yeah, yeah, the boots on the ground. Joe Brady had been adamant and told people when he left, like inside sources, like he hated recruiting. Like it was something he just didn't. He I think he's maybe more introvert. I don't know what his deal is. Did not like recruiting. I think he avoids college. But did you? I mean, didn't Rule hire McAdoo? I think it's his offensive yeah. coordinator. Oh, good luck. Uh, Rules and trouble. The message boards is where the first story of Caleb Williams going to USC, his car was seen on a flatbed headed west out of the city. That's Caleb Williams. What kind of car? Uh, it's like a, I saw the photo. It's like a blacked out Range Rover. <laughs> I bet whenever we find out what he's making at SC, going to be i mean it's the biggest portal sign was that, ever was that, in the short that era was, of the that was coming west from sooner country you're saying yes yeah because it was it was like is he all right i'm gonna no oh yeah louisiana is east of oklahoma yeah so it was coming this so, way so it had to be headed this way yeah it wasn't so the, headed sooner, the sooner the sooner money provided the cash yes the sooner money is what he got the range rover with i i was told by a friend of the program at the sooners is caleb comes from cash like his dad has a lot of money because i asked like is money a big deal and he said, "Well, his dad has a his dad's really rich. It was well, more. I think he just followed Lincoln, maybe. Obviously. Well, here's what I, I'll say: this, like, first of all, have you noticed uh, uh, the si- the second signing day is on Wednesday? If you're listening to this Wednesday, it's the si- signing day. It's not as big a deal. Like, you know, a lot of the scholarships have been given out. The is signings it big, have been is it a big deal at all? Haven't people been giving it to transfer portal kids? Yeah. Too? Well, USC is number one, twenty four seven rankings in the transfer portal right now. Ole Miss is number two. Lane Kiffin." How do you rank transfer portal kids? 
just you, whatever the star ranking on the transfer is when he was coming out of high school. So like Caleb, well, yeah, but I also think I don't think you get you know you if you stunk, I don't. No one really yeah. cares if you're a four star. But he made he, Caleb Williams maintained his five star. So SC now has two five. They've got a five star Caleb Williams, and they got a five star quarterback coming in in next year's class. So Lincoln's already got two five star quarterbacks. What was Jerry Rice's kid? Brandon Rice, I think, is they got a lot of attention for the running back from Oregon that transferred to USC, Travis Dye, who led the Pac-12 in total yards last year. Little number twenty-four. Was he twenty-four? Kind of a smaller, yeah, no sleeves. Yeah, yeah, no sleeves, no gloves. Austin Jones, who is a running back from Stanford, transferred there. I think Brandon Rice is going to be Brandon Rice. I've seen him in person. Colorado, he's bigger than he's big. Well, I mean, big. He's like six two, six three. He's good. Like he's good. I think he's going to be an impact player for you. Drake USC London type big receiver. Not that. Not that type. But it's like good returner. Scored a couple return touchdowns. Um. He's a good. He's a really good player. I think he's going to be a bigger impact player for them than than. Um, Travis I, I, I texted be. a mutual buddy of ours that's on another team in the conference. After they kind of kicked their ass, maybe it was the next day, and we were just talking about. It. He said I was blown away by their lack of talent on their lines, and I, you know, Coward is like the biggest fucking SC fan. He's talked a ton of shit about it. their O line has been terrible for years now. It's been really bad. And D-line, let's face it, just the Pac-12 D-line, besides like Mario getting some guys, hasn't been that great. One thing he had at Oklahoma, their D-line obviously, you know, wasn't great. They've always had, I mean, they guy, they get three or four guys drafted a year in like the top two rounds at Oklahoma. That's a big point of difference for Lincoln since he's been there. Like they're they're producing first and second round. The chief starter is Oklahoma's center, Orlando Brown. I mean, just constantly. And he's really good, right? Creed Humphrey. Yeah, just tackles guards centers i mean at every that is something that like usc like if their own line's not great now the comp he's not playing sec teams and one thing clearly this year the big 12 who i think everyone kind of shits on i think they were pretty good this year right uh oklahoma state was really good baylor's good obviously oklahoma is good uh it just was a oklahoma sneaky had a better year than it felt like they were having Oh yeah, I mean they Oklahoma. had a, they had a disastrous year for them and they went ten and two. So I just I just wonder, you know, it's, it's just hard. Yeah, well that that's the part they need to, to flip they, it around they right away. Because how, how many like uh, sweet offensive linemen are in the portals? And if there are, I mean, isn't everyone trying to sign them? Yeah, yeah, and defensive linemen for that matter, and corner like they need corners like they 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 need a lot at SC, but. It's hard. I mean, other than Utah, everybody's got questions. Everybody. I mean, Oregon stacked. Their coach has never called a timeout before. It's kind of crazy to me. And again, I'm not trying to overreact to his three or four games. He needs a lot of work, but it sure feels like Jackson Dart has a chance to be a, like a first round player. And they just gave up on him. Prediction? Jackson Dart's going to be a top 15 pick. W- well, is it, are we sure Caleb Williams is going to be a top 15 pick? Well, Caleb Williams is not, you know, he's like 6'1". Right? Are we sure that now? Uh, here's the, the thing of, of the trade slash free agency that Lane like it, could that guy be better? You could know? be, but here's what I'll say: Caleb Williams last year as a true freshman in what you just said was not a terrible Big Twelve was twenty touchdowns and five picks. I think he and also, was like that play, with the Spencer. A, remember the K State play or the Kansas play when they were going to lose? He ripped it out of the guy's hand. He got fu- he got stripped and then he ripped it back and then something. he ripped it back. It was and, a good play. and was not an ideal situation. 
And here's what I'll say for the guy. Cause you do wonder like when a player takes this long to commit, you're like, what's going on. He did walk into a spot where there's no way Lincoln Riley could have guaranteed him. He'd be the starter. Cause Spencer Rattler was there. That's where he went. He went to a place with a five-star quarterback already there and then kind of took his job. So I think that's a positive reflection of him, but I, I would, if Matt, John, if Matt Corral is going to be a first round pick, Jackson Dart's going to be a top 10 pick. It's, I don't kidding? think it's out of the realm possibility if they could, if he can do what they did to Matt Corral, that Jackson Dart doesn't become the number one overall pick. Line, number one. Right? Uh, I'll, I'll do you one better. Oh, I can't do you one better. Shit. Number one. Right? I mean, he's 6'4". Yeah. He's a big arm. He's just We just big. went from first rounder to 15 to 10 to number one. Well, because you just got to go the highest ceiling. Now, so, yeah. you know, at, after Hackenberg's first year, it's like, this guy, so Rosen, this guy, number one overall pick, 12-year pro, seven Pro Bowls. We just did the game where it's like, you know, it was like, who's going to bat first? You'd be like, huh, 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 huh. Ah, damn. I who should have gone the, first. Who had the faster fall from grace? I guess Rosen's college career was better than Hackenberg's because remember, Billy O left Hackenberg's college career sucked. But Rosen's fall from grace in the pros is unlike anything I think we've ever seen. He was a 10th pick and he's like out of the league. Oh, I thought you were going to I guess he's on the Falcons, but. Kind of. Oh, he already did the Niners. Remember how terrible he was in practice? Yeah. Yeah, you never I, know. I, I mean, it's, I think people are going to want to because SC gets picked every year to win the league. Don't they open up with who they open up Georgia or something? Clemson? No, that's that's Oregon. USC opens at home with Rice. Bro. Oh, oh they go and be one and zero. Maybe they play. No, maybe they play Stanford. Maybe it's Notre Dame, Clemson. That's that's Marcus Freeman's first game, I think. Oh, SC does play Fresno State week three. Hayner, Caleb. Mm-hmm. I saw, I, I mean, a couple of the Fresno State blogs I put like, mark it on your calendar. Oh, Caleb, I know. Hater. Barstool, like, Barstool like, yes. Dog, Barstool Dog sent me a tweet immediately like, get ready, September 17th. <laughs> I was like, okay. I like in, in, in fairness, like that is a sneaky hard game for Lincoln right away. I mean, Jeff Tedford is. Jeff Tedford, baby. Hainer. Be some scouts there at that bad boy. That That's not at Fresno State, right? Uh, no, that's there's no home and home uh, on that one. They, they do. You, you Hard enough to beat the dogs. Seven and zero. You come to us seven times over twenty years, and we go to you never. I mean, it's malpractice to schedule a road game at Fresno State. A, because they could beat you at your place, and B, because it's going to be a hundred and twenty degrees when you play them in September. Yeah. At their place. When so when just, I was there, we played Wisconsin at home, and that was stupid on their. That part. game was at night, wasn't it? Night game, yeah. Think of what time they got home. Seven thirty oh. kickoff. <laughs> when you get home the next day at six a.m. Miserable is that? Wisconsin win that game? Yeah. Like last second. Yeah, I mean, they, I had, J, they had J.J. Watt and some other guys, you know. <laughs> uh, All right. Anything else we need to hit today? I think we covered a lot. I mean, that's a long pod. All right, Mark everybody. Thanks for hanging with us. Uh, we'll see you on a Wednesday stream. We'll give talk you, about that. John, I'm off the Wednesday that. stream by yourself. <laughs> Done. I know a good deal when I see it. Later. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.